Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated just for a moment. I want Brother Morrison to come up. Many of you know that my daughter testified not being able to pass her test for, uh, for schooling and for her master's as a teacher. And uh, finally, the, she said, okay, God, it's in your hands instead of trying to keep it in her hands. I'm not sure why the fans have slowed down, but it's a little warm in here to me. Um, so you fixing there, Bishop, please? Thank you. Everybody's fanning. I'm fanning. I want a fan. Uh, I don't have nothing to fan with. But anyway, uh, all seriousness, God answered Sister Nicole's prayer. I want Brother Morrison to come and share his testimony with you. After you all prayed, what God did. Hallelujah. He has turned my morning into dancing. Hallelujah. My mic up. Come on, lift your hands and worship God. Come on, lift your hands and worship God. Hallelujah. I just feel like dancing here this morning. Hallelujah. David said, when I think of his goodness and all that he has done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. My God, I just feel like worshiping God. I just feel like glorifying him for all the goodness that he's doing in my family's life. Praise God. Let me share my testimony real quick. Hallelujah. I'm an electrician by profession. That's what I do to make a living yeah. for me and my family. But for the past eight years, I've been studying, going back to school, leave from work to school. But for the past few months, I've been trying to take my exam. And each time I go, I fail. Each time I went, I fail. I hate that word, fail. When I went and did the exam, and I felt like I passed that test, when I pressed the button, it said fail. It hit me like a ton of bricks. Oh, man, that word fail, I hate it. But the church kept on praying. I asked the church to pray, and they prayed. Last week, I went back and sat that exam. When I finished that exam, I got 91% pass. Come on and bless God in the house this morning. I know I'm now a licensed electrician. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. God bless you. Hallelujah. All right. Hallelujah. We serve a prayer answering God. Amen. It was an on time answered prayer. Amen. Sometimes we don't understand why he don't answer. He don't answer when we want him to answer. But we serve a prayer answering God. The Lord is so good. You know, this year has been a, a, a tremendous year in baptism and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'd like Sister Evelyn to come. 
like Sister Evelyn, Brother Mario to come. Amen. The Lord dealt with their hearts to be baptized in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's with much excitement that I give them their baptismal certificate with the promise that they shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Sister Evelyn, I want to present this to you. God bless you for your first step into receiving the Holy Ghost. Brother Mario. God bless you. I want to present this to you. God bless you. Before you all are going to receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. This is what God's doing in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Bless you. Bless you. Hallelujah. Did I see Naomi Grace? I'd like Naomi to come to the front. Na Naomi Britt. So, come here. So I want you to know that this young lady has proven everyone that said that the infilling of the Holy Ghost were, the, were only for in the day of Pentecost because on this day the fourth day of July in the year 2021 Sister Naomi Britt received the Holy Ghost that right there defies every man of God that stands in the pulpit and says it was only for that day don't go nowhere This will tell you that God does not always operate the way his scripture says he's going to operate and the way we think he's going to operate. He filled her with the Holy Ghost. And then in August, with her own decision-making, decided that on the 22nd day of August of 2021 that she wanted to go down in the lovely name of Jesus Christ for the remission of her sins. Hallelujah. Congratulations. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is what God's doing in the kingdom of God. She could be the next missionary. She could be the next pastor. She could be the next Sunday school teacher. She could be whatever God has her planned for, her destined for. We serve an amazing God. I am sorry online, and I'm sorry for the congregation for our technical difficulty. Um, I don't know why, but if you'd stand for the reading of the Word of God, what I am going to tell you is technical difficulties are not going to stop the kingdom of God, nor are they going to stop the Word of God in Jesus' name. I'd like you to turn with me to Acts 2, 1 through 4. Then the next 
scriptures that we'll read are Acts 2, 14 through 16. I will jump back into the Old Testament, Joel 2, 28 through 32, and back to Acts 2, 36 through 41. You say, my, a lot of scripture there, Pastor. I'm going to take you on a journey with me. Amen. I'm going to try. Let me say this. I'm going to try. Jesus is going to take you somewhere. I'm just going to try to be his, his conduit. The Bible said in Acts 2, 1 through 4, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all filled with one accord in one place. Now, I, I want to stop there for a moment because I want you to understand that Friday night we had a tremendous prayer meeting here. We had a, a, a mighty move of God. And I'm thankful for the 20-some, 26, 27 people that were here because there was a mighty move of God. There was prayers that had, were answered. There were miracles performed. And though you may not see them right now in the natural, they've already been done in Jesus' name. What I'm going to tell you is, because I'm magnifying Friday doesn't mean that next Friday will be the same as last Friday. And it doesn't mean anything that my wife led the prayer because whoever leads the prayer, it won't matter because God is the one that orchestrates everything, the, no matter what. So whoever I choose, or it may be me, it may be somebody in the congregation that's Holy Ghost filled, baptized in Jesus' name to help with prayer. But the bottom line is this church is committed, or let me say, not the church, but the pastor and the first lady are committed to every Friday night, 7.30 to 8.30, we're opening up for prayer because the church is going to call down fire from heaven. I don't know about you, but I got some people that need to be saved. I got some people that need Jesus. I've got some people that need healing. I've got people that need deliverance. told my wife, if, I, if it's just her and I, we're still having prayer. We're not going to go, oh, well, woe is me, and shut the door and go home. We're calling fire. If it's only two, we're calling fire. If there's, the Bible said where there are two or three gathered together in his name, there would he be in the midst. So don't get twisted when we have a wilderness Friday night prayer meeting. It's okay. Don't get discouraged. Don't get the, the cursing because it wasn't Sister Tammy. I want to thank everybody for yesterday that came out, supported the yard sale. Thank you so much. Next Sunday, I, I, I'm hoping my wife has made all the arrangements, but I'm going to announce it because we didn't. Maybe we didn't. I didn't hear it, but. Uh, next Sunday, we're going to have hot dogs and hamburgers after church. Now it's potluck. Okay. So she must announce it. So we're having something. Um, bring your play clothes. Change here. We'll play outside. We're going to try to set some stuff up. Um, we'll have the moon bounce for the kids. Lord willing, the rain don't come. Uh, and, and we'll have the moon bounce out there. We'll... We're going to set the volleyball net up, and we're going to set a tetherball. How many of you remember tetherball? All right. I got some people from my generation. Amen. Uh, we got cornhole. We don't, we got cornhole. But, but we can hook you up with some horseshoes.
shoes, so. I was saying, so. Anyway, back to the Word of God. I got to get back to the Word of God. Forgive me for getting sidetracked. Acts 2, 1 through 4, the Bible said, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, which is what happened Friday night. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all, what? Began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance. This is why it's important. This right here is why it's important that you bring your Bible or your phone. Okay, Acts 2, 14 through 16, the Bible says, this is what happens when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to what? My words. Verse 15 says, For these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. Verse 16, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Now, I want to take you there in Joel 28 through 32 because I want you to know it was prophesied that what was happening on the day of Pentecost was truly going to happen. In Joel, it says, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will what? Pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall shall see visions and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out he wasn't going to hold it back from nobody yeah. hear me and also did I get that last one 29 okay thank you and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth blood and fire and pillars of smoke now turn with me uh, there we go. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. Jesus is coming back. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered for in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance at the Lord. I can't read that no more. Uh... i got to find my place here. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered for in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance as the Lord has said. And in the remnant, when me to Acts, I want to be a remnant. Turn to Acts 2, 36 through 41. You know that this is a very familiar scripture for me uh, that I preach a lot on. The Bible says, that therefore let all the house of Israel know as surely that God hath made the same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were what? Pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? What is it that we need to do? Peter stood up and said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of, the, of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Why? For the promise is unto you and to your children and, and, on, on, and to all that are afar off, even as many 
as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Say that again. What did he say? Save yourselves from what? Then there was unity, and the scripture says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Just, if you would, just bow your head for a moment. God, we just, I, I pray, God, that I'll deliver what you have given me in, me in my heart. I pray that your people will receive. I pray for the unity of the body of Christ. God, that we'll do your will and do your work in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. I'd like to title it today, Revival in the City. Amen. I need revival in the city. Amen. You see, the Lord in his love has allowed us to come this place to this place today so that we might prepare our own hearts for a Pentecost experience. You know why I am so adamant about reminding you that what happened to Sister Naomi happened because many people say that the infilling of the Holy Ghost was only for the day of Pentecost. But it's still being poured out today. This is 2021, and Sister Naomi was filled with the Holy Ghost in July of this year, the 4th. What a spectacular, awesome experience to have on July 4th when God would fill his little child with his spirit that she might continue to walk with him. Amen. I want to encourage you that God's still in the saving business. Amen? Amen. He's still in the business of filling people with the Holy Ghost. Here's what happened to those disciples as they prayed together. And as feeling, and as a feeling of unity and expectancy came over them, as they got in one mind and one accord, they were freed from the petty jealousness of this world and the things that go on in the world. Amen. They became... Uh, their, their fellowship was no longer disrupted by daily, uh, daily things that are going on in their lives. All of a sudden, there was a, a blast of violent, rushing, mighty wind that came into that upper room. And then an overpowering wave of a crimson flame surged into the room and set told upon their head. I don't know. You know, there's been many of services we've had where a haze comes into the sanctuary. That's a holy haze. Many people think that's spooky, but I'm telling you, when you really tap in to the power of God and the glory of God, that's when the power of God settles into a place, an atmosphere where n nothing is impossible. And there's nothing impossible with God anyway, but there's greater things happen when the atmosphere is permeated with his power and his glory. Then an overpowering wave of the crimson set on theirs. I don't know about you, but I'd be like, man, wow. I know that's probably outdated language, but it, it would have been overwhelming to me. The scripture says that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Out of the, this miraculous experience, we have a revival which took place in the city of Jerusalem. Let me say this. When the Holy Ghost is poured out and in the body of Christ and we become unified, here's what happens. Revival goes outside the four walls. Amen. People walk in the sanctuary, and before you even touch them, they can be healed. They can be delivered just like that. 
all of a sudden God begins to deal with their sin sick heart with things that are drowning them in their sorrows and they have no clue that they're even bound by the things of this world and they tell you oh I'm fine or I'm doing good and and life is well and and and, and everything is great you know but inside they're dead but when the Holy Ghost comes in it drives darkness out amen the Holy Ghost comes in that's the problem though here's here's in where lies the problem I'm not always sure that we want to give up I think Bishop said it this morning uh, I was talking about going to the next level and there's sometimes there's we know there's a cost to go to the next level we know that there's a cost to come to Friday night prayer meeting. I, I, I mean, believe, let, let, me, let me tell you, who, who wants to come out on a Friday night after you work five days a week, 60 hours, 70 hours? Who wants to come? Who wants to drive two hours? There's no, right? Who wants to? But when you sacrifice, God sees that greater than what you give in your offering. God sees that greater because he sees these people who have said, you know what? I know what prayer does. I know what prayer will do. I know prayer will move and intervene in this prayer box. I know what prayer is going to do if I come together and I unite with my brothers and my sisters and I bind together. I know the healings that will take place. I know the things that will be restored in bodies. I know the cancer that can be healed. I know the soul that's sitting in a wheelchair can be rised. I know that the lost loved ones can be saved. I know. Jesus. In verse 4 of our text, the Bible says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Some may think that the infilling of the Holy Ghost is only for pastors and missionaries, deacons, and even our Sunday school teachers. But that's not so. It said they all were filled. Everyone that came were filled with the Holy Ghost. That's why everybody sitting under the sound of my voice if you've not been filled with the Holy Ghost, you can be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. If you are lukewarm and you've not been renewed in a long time, you can be renewed today. Amen. The bottom line is God is just waiting for us to be hungry enough to receive from him. Amen. He's no respecter of person. He's just looking for somebody that wants him, right, that wants to be dedicated that wants to be sold out to the kingdom of God, who's committed, who's faithful, who says, ah, as for me and my house. Sister Tiffany knows that's my scripture. I don't know how many gifts she's gotten me that, that read my scripture because that is my scripture. She knows my anthem is, is if my wife walks away from the kingdom of God, if my children walk away from the kingdom of God, as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord because I should be a dead drug addict. I should be dead not preaching the gospel. I should be lost. I should be riddled with age and whatever disease is out here in this world. I should not have my right mind. I should not be able to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. But God, If my dad turns his back and my mother turns their back on God, as for me and my house, 
I'm going to serve the Lord. You say, you say, well, that's crazy. There ain't no way, Bishop. Uh, oh. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to say it like this. All of you are one step away from sinning. One step away from falling into sin. This is real. One step away from falling into sin. Put yourself in the wrong place. Things happen. Get away from prayer and reading the word of God. Things happen. Because Satan wants to sift the body. You know why the, the Lord laid in my spirit that there needs to be unity in the church? Because I feel you need unity. But because he said I want unity in my church. On the day of Pentecost, he said they were all in one mind. One accord. That means that when they walked in, they said, amen and amen. We come to call fire. We come to be dedicated. We came to be committed. We came from far off to be where the power of God was. 125 of them. Started out with 10 of them. Then God moved to 125. From 125, it went out to 3,000. Right now, I don't know what we're sitting on. I don't know what the numbers are. But I watch people day in and day out. I'm telling you, the church must be unified. Your disunity affects the flow of the Holy Ghost. Because you have no faith. You show up. But when the hands, when it's time to worship, look. Don't go, oh me, here he goes again. He's on his soapbox. My job, this is my job. You want someone that will take you to hell? Get them. Hire someone that will take you to hell because that's not going to be on my head. You want someone that will say it's okay to live the way you want to live? Then find someone. Because there's many ministers and preachers out here that will tell you what you want to hear. There's not many that will stand in the pulpit because they're afraid you'll stop paying them. I'm not afraid. I'm not kept. I'm not bought. I'm not bribed. You can take your money if you think you want me to preach the way you want me to preach. You can take your money and go. Because what you get, you get in what God has laid in my spirit to speak to the church. My job is to be the watchman. I've come to tell the church that if we want to see the miracles and the signs and the wonders, we've got to come together with a one mind, one accord, believing that God is going to do the supernatural, that those that have not been filled with the Holy Ghost yet will be filled, those that need to be renewed, that God's going to burn up whatever is distracting them from getting to where... He's going to do something. But we get afraid to say, God, whatever it takes. Because sometimes it takes life to get someone to get back to their knees and to get renewed in the Holy. And sometimes that don't even affect them. The day that we live in today is a day where we have become callous to life. Baby, hold on. Hold on, yeah, amen. I believe that the spirit-filled life is the normal Christian life. 
When the Holy Ghost fills a man, it lifts him above the mon montana, mon monotonous or monotonous to the momentous. It, I'm, I had it pronounced when I wrote it in there. Now, monotonous, monotonous. Thank you, my, my baby. Whoever helped me, thank you. Monotonous into the momentous from the ordinary to the extraordinary. Amen. That's what must happen. That when stuff comes against you, you don't let it knock you down and you go, whatever, I ain't going back. We accept things. I now tell you what you need to do. You need to get to the place where you take the Bible. And you say, in the name of Jesus, I come to you, Lord, because in your Lord, in your word, you do not lie. You said that I could call fire from heaven. I'm speaking hell. Come out of my children. Hell, come out of the church. Hell, come out of my wife. Hell, come out of my husband. Hell, come out of the community. Hell's got to go. Satan ain't allowed here anymore. The spirit-filled believer not only has life, but he has it abundantly. Amen. The only time his abundant life begins to dissipate is when his lack of prayer and fellowship and relationship with the body and the Holy Ghost dissipates and discontinues. You know why the Bible tells you to forsake not the assembling of yourselves? You think they send one man out to fight a war? First of all, they bring them men and women into one building. They tell them what the plan is. They tell them they can do it. They encourage them. They give them a weapon. And they tell them to go out, and you're going to defeat the enemy. The colonel is telling you right now, you are empowered by the Holy Ghost. You are equipped with the word of God. It's time to declare war on Satan and the things that are going on in this world. It's time to take a stand in the church and be united. Though it disrupts my sleep, I'll be here on Friday night. Though it disrupts my family time, I'm going to be here for prayer. Though it costs me money, I'm going to be here for prayer. Got people lost. We want people to be saved. How bad you want them saved? I'll tell you how bad Jesus wanted them saved. He went to a cross. He allowed them to nail the nails into his hands and into his feet. And then you tell me it cost you too much to show up? But what I'm going to say is a statement. I'm going to make this statement. I don't want you coming if you're, not, if you're only coming because you're embarrassed. I don't need you to come because you're embarrassed. If you're coming because you want to be united in one mind and one accord, then come. But don't come. You're not, I'm not going to shame you. I don't care what, where you come or not come. Don't come because I said anything. Come because you expect to see healing. 
You expect to see deliverance? You expect to see souls saved? You expect to be a soul winner? You expect to be a witness? And you expect to teach a Bible study? We still worry about COVID. I'm going to pray a covering over my young people because they're going to conference. I'm praying pray a covering over Brother Thompson, Sister Thompson. They're going to co conference. We just had like 10 churches down that way break out with COVID. God has kept his hand on this church. I'm not telling you COVID can't break out. But what I do know is that I'm a child of a king. And by his stripes, I'm healed. If he so chooses to take me, so be it. But when it is my time, it, he will take me. But I'm coming to win souls. I come to preach to people who want to be saved. I've come to believe. How many of you know I've been telling you prodigals are coming back? Here's the problem. You don't see him sitting right there. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going I'm to call it out just like this. They're going to be in the pulpit. They're going to help the worship team. They're going to be ushers. They're going to be in the sound booth. Marlena, Marlena going to be in another ministry. They're going to be teaching more Bible studies than I teach. They're going to be praying more people through to the Holy Ghost than I can pray through to the Holy Ghost. And it's not going to be, it's going to be a multicultural environment in this place. <laughs> it's not going to be all one nationality. We're going to be a blended church for the kingdom of God. We're going to see all people, all nations coming to this house. And God is going to, because the church is going to be a church of prayer, a house of prayer. It's going to be a place that believes the word of God for they can lay hands on the sick and the sick be Did I finish telling you what kind of a soldier you were? Huh? You're a Holy Ghost-filled soldier. If your relationship's right with God, then you are a Holy Ghost-filled soldier. And you got the Word of God. We come here to get equipped. Come, if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, to get filled with the Holy Ghost. If you're, if you're not, if you're lukewarm and you haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost in a long time, then you need to be renewed. So you can fight. Some of us has given up. And now we just attend because we don't know nothing else to do. Hmm. Whoever said, hmm, that's right. Hmm. That's real. Nobody likes truth. Everybody wants me to lie to you, but I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm gonna call it like call it like it is. They want us to walk up and say, you know what, you're all right in the way. Just, you just keep on coming. Baby girl, you just keep singing like that canary and that beautiful angel up there. You can live, you can live just the way you want to live. You can live in sin and, and do whatever you want to do, but you just don't, don't stop singing. Not in this house. Not in this house. 
I'm sorry, until you all get rid of me, not in this house. This is God's house. And we're going to reverence God. I want to say, I want to say that the Lord has placed such an importance upon his, this matter of the Holy Ghost and in our life that we, got, that we go out in this place this morning with being filled with the Holy Ghost so that without shame that we can talk about the gospel, that we can talk about the goodness of God. Amen. We went to a 60-year birthday slash 30-year anniversary for a, a couple in our neighborhood last night. And um, I don't, I don't, it's, we're a little strange down our way, so this is not pumping anybody up. It's just our neighborhood. We're, we're a very close-knit neighborhood. Brother and Sister McCauley, Sister Brittany, my wife and I, uh, they were there a little before me. Um, we had a birthday party to, at our house. So, anyways, so what is amazing is is that they were talking about their neighbors to everybody we did not know. When you are the light and you show them God's love, they talk about you. It's all good. One man, the father came to me and he just started tearing up because of what Brother McCauley and I do for his daughter and, that, and her husband who has Alzheimer's. He began, I mean, he broke, he broke up. Quick, I said, it's God. It's all about God. We got, you know, we do it. We love them. We want them to know we love them. I believe, this is what I believe. I'm prophesying again. I'm prophesying that they're going to be saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. They may not, they may not come to this church. I, I, I'm going to, they're well, welcome to come here. But if they want to, I'm going to either direct them to Evie's church or here. It's about souls. It isn't about the, the, who, who gets what. It's about just getting someone into the kingdom of God. Seeing somebody go down in the name of Jesus. Seeing somebody stand up with stammering lips and all of a sudden an unknown language begin to flow out of their mouth. Yeah. I, 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 Sister Brittany was about ready to come get me for a search party because I, got, I got, got left behind a little bit and my postmaster that retired I didn't recognize her at first, but she was like, you don't remember me. And I said, no, not really. I'm having trouble. And um, probably the lighting, I don't know. But um, quickly, I thought her name was Denise, but it was Darlene. She said, you got the first part right. It did start with a D. Um, but, you know, time, as time went on, you know, our witness to her has been phenomenal. She's retired. She was invited because she, that was one of her customers. She was going, I hope I get to see the pastor and first lady. I hope I get to see them. Listen, you can leave a mark on people. It can be a good mark. I don't say that to brag about our community. I say that because you can be the very same instrument. But it takes time. It takes time to, to, to be to be who you are in the kingdom of God to people. Amen. It, it takes time. It takes not being in a hurry and going, hey, how are you? I'm sorry you asked, huh? It, it, yeah, yeah. 
this is this conversation, right? I don't just go out. I just want to talk to you about the Lord today. You know, I'm just like, hey, how are you? At some point, I'm going to interject God somewhere. Because at some point, they're going to say something I'm going to, that, we'll, that they don't know is giving God honor, and I will go, amen, that's right, God be the glory. Right? I find ways, yes, and then that opens the door. But, you know, you've got to know how to, you know, you just need to talk to people. Jesus wants us to be filled with the Holy Ghost. There are two reasons. First of all, God commands it. The second thing is that the Word of God commands it. Any disobedience of that command is a sin. Disobedience in the Bible is sin. You do not have to go and be a drunk to be a sinner. You can reject the, you can reject the Holy Ghost and be a sinner. You can reject the Word of God and be a sinner. You can reject when the uh, warning is being put out. A spirit-filled life is the only life upon which God can look with pleasure. Hear me? I want him to look upon me as, with pleasure, not to be dissatisfied with me. But not only does the word of God command it, I want to remind you that the work of God demands it. As you read the second chapter of the book of Acts of the apostles, I want you to notice that Peter on the day of Pentecost could never have stood up and preached as he preached without having been filled with the Holy Ghost. So this tells me that you're, if you're not a good witness, that your joy, something's wrong. Because I have something that's worth more than the money in my pocket. I got something that's worth more than my retirement plan. I got something that's worth more than breath itself. And I want to share it with everybody I can. Amen. And when, we, when he preached the power of God, God descended upon that, uh, that open-air meeting and 3,000 were, were saved. Here is what Vance Havner uh, says. A preacher may be wrapped in the robes of learning and his study walls may be decked with diplomas. His home may be filled with travel souvenirs from many lands. He may wear all the trappings of ecclesiastical prestige and pageantry, pageantry, but he cannot function without the unction of the Holy Ghost. A teacher cannot teach without the Holy Ghost. Many folks have tried to be teachers without the Holy Ghost, and it died. They had no followers because they were not where they needed to be in Christ. Many preachers try to preach without the unction of the Holy Ghost, and they fail because they're trying to operate in flesh. They're trying to operate in giftings that we get naturally, not spiritually, right? Many people try to operate in their walk with God in the natural because they learn ways to compensate, right? I learned how to compensate to hear you when I, before I got hearing aids. I, I just compensated and got closer up into your face. And I turned the ear that wasn't 80% deaf, that was only 20% deaf towards your face. And then I looked at your lips and I watched you. Yeah, 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 right? That's what I did. I learned to compensate. And as a child of God, 
we learn to compensate in our walk with God. Right? Can't see a lot of smiles with mask on. I can see it in my brother. I, I happened to just tell him it was good. To, I, I could see the smile in the eyes when he smiled, you know, when I greeted him. But the bottom line is with a mask, you really can't tell whether I'm, you know, giving you a, I just go, you know, so you think I smile because I got a mask. Right? Right? But when the mask is not there, the real, the real Alan, <laughs> the real reading of Alan, who he really is, right? Some of you have gotten to know me that when I'm not happy, you know I'm not happy. Now, that was not nice. Um, see what happens when the inner man speaks out? But the bottom line is you, you get to know because of the face. You know that when I love you, you know that when I'm really smiling and I'm, I'm being real with you, and you know when I'm not being real. But with the mask, oh, the mask has made it so much easier, right? You know, and, and now, now all I got to do is try to get your eye contact because, you know, with the mask, I don't have to, you know, they, they, don't, they don't even have to smile at me. So they decided now they just won't give me eye contact. And I find myself more and more every day, if you're walking past me, I'm Right? Give me some eye contact, somebody, because i got to find somebody to talk about the Lord or something, right? I feel like I'm, like, undercover or something, you know what I mean? And, and, and I, I'll, I'll go, you know, hey. But it's become so easy, so easy to keep the mask face up and just, I didn't see you. My neighbor says I don't, you know. My neighbor Huey says that I'm still angry at him because I won't wave at him. Well, I waved three times, and the man, I'm, I mean, I act like an idiot sometimes, right? And I'm like, well, I didn't want to tell one of my neighbors I'm, not, I, I'm still angry at him. I said, I, when I get to see her, I'm going to tell her, you tell him I'm not angry at him anymore. I done asked, matter of fact, Friday night. Friday night, I laid it all on the altar. When we took me to, oh, Sister Reynolds came up here and put some stuff on me. She said, we're going to pray for our enemy. I said, oh, dear God. Just knew that was going to come out. I'm just being transparent. I, I don't know. Y'all probably have good, everything's good in your life, and that's great. But this guy just rubbed me the wrong way, and then, and, and, it's been a while, and so, man, she pulled it out on me. She pulled the big gun out. She said, we're going to pray for our enemies. God said, pray for your enemy. Love him. So I stood there for a moment. The Holy Ghost is so for carrying this, this, it, this spirit, right? This is, it's a spirit. It was a spirit. It's a spirit that he had... Because he portrayed it when he flew the bird that it just got me. It gripped me. And maybe that don't grip you all, but it gripped me. And it just was still, it was still here, right? So finally, I mean, the Holy Ghost hit me on, on Friday night. Man, I started repenting. And when I finally started repenting, it became easier to, to repent. It became easier to ask God to forgive me of my, my thoughts, right? It became easier to say, God, help me love that man. And then it became even easier for me to say, Lord, Help me to see him saved. Yeah. 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 
Because you know what I said. I said, I said he, he better stop being ugly, you know, because death angels knock on doors. I know that, I know all of you went, your mask was there, but you went, oh. But, you know, I'm just being transparent, right? I mean, y'all don't think like that, but, you know, I pray angels of protection, angels of, you know, mercy, angels, but then, you know, if he starts attacking my family and starts attacking people in my neighborhood, and now I had a grudge against him because he flew the bird at me. Just saying, I'm being real. I had to ask God, God, forgive me because... There was going to be an angel knocking on that door. I told him, you can't be ugly and live long. That would be an amen because y'all, if y'all want to act ugly, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to die. If I keep acting ugly, I'm going to die. Right? I let him suck me in to his ugliness. The satanic ugliness. The demonic ugliness. And I had to repent. I thank God that someone was leading prayer that night to caution and bring, bring it to a place where you need to pray for your enemy. You need to love your enemy. You need to repent for your things that you're thinking. Right? Because immediately I knew then... God was dealing with the stuff that I was harboring in my heart over that man. Immediately, man, it was almost like weight off of my body. It was like weight came off my mind. I didn't, I didn't, I, I wanted to see his red truck. I wanted to see him drive by. Matter of fact, I waited to see his red truck because I wanted to run out and I wanted to put both hands up. Say, man, I love you. How you doing? I said, God, I want to say something, right? I want him to know, you can't talk to my neighbors no more and tell them I ain't waving because I'll stand out in the middle of the road and go, hey, stop. In the name of Jesus, he loves you so much. <laughs> and I love you too. Oh, well. That's what happens when you don't stay on your note. Mm. I need to end. I don't know if I'm going to get anywhere else preaching now. But the, pre the preacher can't preach without the empower of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You can't teach without the Holy Ghost. You can't witness without the Holy Ghost. You can't pray without the Holy Ghost. Well, you could pray, but you're not going to see God move without the Holy Ghost. Amen. You can't minister without the Holy Ghost. You can't teach. You can't teach a Bible study. Apparently, when the, those disciples were filled with the Holy Ghost, they were excited. There needs to be an excitement in our experience with God. There needs to be an experience with God, you know, an excitement. They were no longer afraid and shy and intimidated. They were bold and courageous, and they did not hesitate for one moment to share their faith. They were not waiting for an opportunity to witness. They were looking for opportunities to witness. If you don't look for the opportunity, the opportunity will never arise. There was something so dramatic and so dynamic about these spirit-filled believers that they created 
quite a stir in the city of Jerusalem. Verse 7 tells us that the people beheld these disciples. Uh, they were amazed at what they were saying, amazed at what they were talking about. You would be amazed yourself if you would just witness to somebody about the Lord. Of what, what they're waiting on. This world, listen. This world is um, hurting. In this world, the people, you know why the um, marijuana uh, stations are doing such phenomenal um, business? Because anybody can write a prescription. They're just trying to calm the, you know, it's an it's a, it's a altering, mind-altering it, it alters the mind. Any of you that's never smoked dope wouldn't know that, but it makes you, it never made me angry, so it makes you kind of calm down. Alcohol would make me ready to fight at a drop of a hat. I didn't care how big you were, how little you were, but, but marijuana, would, marijuana would calm me down, right? And so people, people that are buying it are looking to calm. There's something in their spirit that needs calming. And the Holy Ghost will bring calmness to you if you will allow the Spirit of God. If we would share the gospel with people and not be afraid, be bold about it. Share the gospel with people. In fact, they were so inhibited that, uh, that some of the people thought these disciples were drunk. Do you, when you read 13, have you, has, has, have you ever been so amazed and excited about the Lord that people thought you were on something? See, the world looks for something different because what's going on in the churches today are not what we preach today, not what I preach, right? Most people go to church so they could say, I've been to church, I've been entertained, right? I want to check it off. We had a great worship. Got to wear my Sunday best. And the preacher preached a great message. See, their lives were so radiant that their demeanor was so Christ-like. Their witness was so compelling that, that you can read in verse 12 that it tells us all the people were amazed. They said one to another, what meaneth this? They were saying this is amazing. This is astounding. This is just incredible. What does this mean? The ultimate, that ultimately led them to the second question in verse 37. Men and brethren, what must we do? So let me say something. You should live your life in such a way that people are prompted to ask you questions. You should live your life so that people want to ask you when I went for an interview for the chaplain for the police department, it was, a, it was a, a, a board of five people. And they were pounding me with questions. They, you know, I was rejected the first time because I put down all the drugs and alcohol I did for the length of time I did it. And you're, not only, and you're only supposed to have a short stint of doing drugs and alcohol before to be a part of a county uh, environment. Well, mine ran, went from... 19, 
I was 15, so before, so I would be uh, 78 till 1991 when the Lord delivered me of all those. And so they sent me a rejection letter. I, I haven't framed it, but I still have it. But then they called me back, and they wanted to interview me again, and they put me on this in front of these people. And the one thing that one of these people, the uh, interviewers wanted to know, they, they, looked at, they, wanted, they looked around and they said, what is different about this guy this morning? There's something different about him. There was only one apostolic, Holy Ghost-filled Pentecostal man sitting on the board, and he said, that is the Holy Ghost. When you can walk and the Holy Ghost goes before you, when people know there's something different about you because of the way you carry yourself, you don't no longer cuss like you used to cuss. You don't, you don't get caught up and talking bad about you, your, 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 your family or your, or your boss or, or anything like that. You just you, you represent. And when you go to work, you work like you are representing Jesus Christ. When you, when you work and you represent Jesus Christ, you will work harder than the regular guy who, who comes to work because they think you owe them that job. So when they look at your life and your witness, question number one is, what does this mean? And then the second question is, what must I do? In other words, if your life is a demonstration of God's amazing grace, they'll be wanting to find out what they must do in order to get the experience that you've had. I want Brother Mendez and, and Sister Elaine to know that they're going to receive the Holy Ghost. Amen? They're going to get the Holy Ghost. Their sons and daughter are going to get the Holy Ghost. In our other text, we are told that some were amazed, some were marveled, and some mocked them. The mockers and the scorners, the ridiculers are mentioned in verse 13, but I want you to notice that what started with mockery ended with martyr, martyrdom for, the most of, uh, for most of these disciples. First they were scorned, then they were threatened, and then they were imprisoned, and then they were beaten, and then as last they were stoned or beheaded and fed to the lions. I would tell you not to give up because of what the future holds. Amen. No matter what the future holds for us as children of God, we must stay the course. We must be united. We must stand firm on the word of God and be witnesses in the kingdom of God. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. They would not give up. I want to say that we must not give up in this church. We must never give up in our stand for righteousness. We must never uh, give up our stand for the scriptures of the word of God. We must never give up in our stand for moral issues and social issues and the ethical issues which are grounded in the word of God. Though others may dim and die, fall away and falter and walk away from the church, though others may vacillate and advocate, we must stand tall for Jesus Christ. It is a standard we must maintain.
when sitting over 40 minutes in a message and all you want to do now is just going through your head, I've got to leave, some have already left. Jesus is coming back. And there was a price paid for us to have the freedom to sit here today and hear the word of God. There's a freedom that we have been given today to worship the Lord and lift our hands. There is a freedom to lift up the name of Jesus. There is a freedom for us to be able to call on the name of the Lord. There's a freedom for us to lay hands on the sick and not be afraid of saying, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, be thou healed. There is not, shouldn't be any fear in your heart. Shouldn't be anything that should keep you from wanting to do what God wants you to do. I'm coming to a close. You see, I agree, there are sometimes there are things will look pretty desperate in our lives. And sometimes I've not been through some of the things you're going through. Sometimes I'm sure it looks pretty desperate. But there was a man who entered a very wicked city hoping that he could save that city. He protests the evil. He tickets the immorality. He goes from street to street, from marketplace to marketplace, proclaiming the gospel and shouting, men and women, repent. What you're doing is wrong. It will kill you. It will destroy you. Everywhere he went, they laughed at him. They mocked him. But he continued to preach until one day a little child stopped him and said, Mr., don't you know it's useless? The man said, yes, it seems to be hope, a hopeless situation. The little child said, then why do you go on? The man said, well, in the beginning I was convinced that, I had, that what I had could change them. Now I go on preaching and protesting the evil and holding up the banner of truth because I don't want them to change me. They would like to change the way the church operates. The world would like to change the way the atmosphere of the church flows. They'd like to change the way the message gets preached and distributed from the pulpit. That's why they have preachers that are brought in. Some churches only let a man stay there for five years and then they send him out, find a new one to bring in because they want to have a man that will operate the way they say operate. Whether the church and the saints of God that sit under the sound of my voice ever hear the word of God, I will continue to proclaim whether anybody else receives it or not so that I do, that, that, that the world doesn't change me. God brought me too far for me to fall back into my old man ways. I'm going to keep on preaching in hope that I can change society. When I can preach it no longer with the hope of changing the society, I'm going to preach it so that the society won't change me.
You can see there, it, there is an eruption in the society of today. The city was stirred up. Some of the people mocked and scorned the preaching of Peter. When Peter got up and preached on the day of Pentecost, to all of those people he expounded the scripture in verse 16, and he refers to, to that which was spoken by the prophet Joel in verse 25. He refers to that which was spoken by Psalmist of David in verse 34. And he quotes another psalm of David. He is expounding the scripture. I have found that if you want to have a message that God would use to impact people's lives, you got to tell them what the book says. God will honor his word. Sunday school teacher, teach the word of God. There's nothing like it. We just need to preach the word of God, the gospel. Jesus, sir, Jesus wants to fill people with the Holy Ghost today. The Bible said that when they had repented and were baptized in his name, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Jesus is calling people He's warning people today. You'd stand with me. Today is the day of salvation. As I was teaching this morning to go to the next level, there's some things that have to be looked at that not everything that says they're saved are saved. Not everything that calls them an themselves an apostolic are apostolic. Some will understand what I'm saying, some will not. If you want to know more about it, I'll tell you in the office. But Jesus is coming back for a people that have made themselves ready. People that are sold out. People that are not afraid to be bold with the word of God. There's a way to be bold, but you need to be... There's a... To be bold with the word of God is to just speak the word of God, but not wound people. Sometimes we, we wound people with the word because we don't know how to use it. It's just like getting a gun, Right? You buy a gun because you got you got you went through the gun training course, and, and now you bought a gun and you have no idea how to use it. Let alone, I mean, they do train you how to take it apart, clean it, maybe shoot it once or twice or three times, maybe 18 times, whatever it is, right? But if you do not know how to use the gun, how to properly holster it, how to properly bring it up and use it right to know the proper mannerisms not to ever put your finger on the trigger till it's time to pull the trigger sometimes that's the way we are with the word of god i, I mean most of the people i'm dealing with know enough about the word of god that i need to build where they are and not destroy them i need to build on the foundation they have and so i love them where they are because god loves them where they are right but know how to 
share the word of God and love people where they are. It was very hard. I'm sure it was hard for the bishop and senior first lady to love me. In my, even though I was their biological child, it was difficult probably for them to love me because I didn't have no filter um, when they would talk about the word of God. And, um, but they never disowned me. And I don't know if that's because I was their, their blood child or what, but, um, They still, somewhere along the way, had love. And then the people of this church, they, what you, you don't understand is back then there were some elders in the church that I guess Bishop had told them my, what was going on in my life. And if they would see me somewhere out in, the, in, in public, they, were, they, they, would, they would not walk away, right? Didn't shun me. Hey, hey Alan, how are you? They would hug me. They would ask me how I'm doing. Of course, I was in sin. I'm good. Dead, going to hell. But I'm good, right? They say they looked at me and they say, "Just know I'm praying for you, and I love you." That meant more to me than a Bible thumper at that time, because they understood how to wield the operation of the Holy Ghost and the Word of God. Trying to build something. When I came back to church, those were the people that started mentoring me. They took me up under their wing. And when they and they got to know me, when they saw my my demeanor or you know, my um, when they saw the spirit not right, I'm just call it like it is. When the elders saw my spirit not right, they would come get me. And they'd go, What's going on? I told him nothing. Everything's all right. He said, you're lying to me and you're lying to God. He said, what's wrong? I didn't really want really to tell him what was going on because it was a hurt from inside the church. Some of you may have never been hurt by somebody in church, but church hurt can hurt a, a person. I think the only thing that kept me in the church at that time was an elder and my, my daughter and my wife because they were already filled with the Holy Ghost, already saved, and I made a commitment when God put our marriage back together that I was going to stay in the house. I'd go wherever they went. I, we were going to do it as a family. He said, you need to stop lying. Tears started streaming down my eyes. And he just kept looking at me. He said, let's go. We're going to work this out at the altar. He took me by the hand. He didn't judge me. I didn't really go into, I didn't go into deep detail. He didn't ask me. He didn't, he didn't want to know who it was. He didn't want to know the particulars. He said, let's go. God's going to heal that today. Let's go. Took me by the hand, took me to the altar. I didn't go begrudgingly. I didn't go with fighting because I knew the man cared about where I was. And because he knew me, he knew me. You know why he knew me? Because he was here faithfully every Sunday. And he took me by the hand and he took me right here. This is the place he took me. He didn't pray no loud prayer. He said, let's get down. We got down on our knees. I'm crying. And we just begin to pray. And all of a sudden the power of God fell. 
and all that hurt that I'd received from someone in the church completely disappeared from my mind and off my shoulders. I become joyful again. There was peace in my spirit to where I was able to lift my hands again. I was no longer under the bondage that I shouldn't have been under. But the problem is sometimes we don't know how to handle witnessing to someone with love. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is Jesus is amazing to me. And I want you to know Jesus loves you right where you are. If you've been wounded by me or wounded by someone in the church, I want you to know today he can heal that. I want you to know if you want the Holy Ghost today, you can be filled with the Holy Ghost today. I want you to know that if you are lukewarm and you don't want to admit that you haven't prayed through to the Holy Ghost for months, God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost today. Because the same Holy Ghost that was here during our worship is still here. here right now his presence is in this place he's saying come unto me and I'll give you rest but who will he said I love you so much he said you just don't know you sometimes forget how much I love you child child of God I, I, I just love you hmm everybody in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus 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 Jesus. Rise up, my children, hear my voice. 
जी ठीक है Thank you, Jesus. The altar's open right now. The altar's open if you want to come. The Lord's just confirmed. The Lord just confirmed. God. God, if there's any sin, Lord God. Oh, God, we love you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. I want revival in the city. I want revival in the church, Lord God. I want revival in my family, Lord God. I want revival, Lord God, in the city, oh God. Let there be revival, God. Help me to be the witness I need to be, Lord God. Help me to be... God, a discipler. God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Jesus. Jesus. Touch your people today, Lord God. Touch your people today, Lord.